that's up, everything. It's been a crazy week for the Blues with four games, major injuries, and a visit from the commissioner. All in all, they took six out of eight possible points, which isn't too shabby. But with the terrible loss to the Wild in the middle, we've got to ask, are the Blues flying or are they just falling with style? We'll answer that question and cover many other topics tonight, so let's get started and let's go Blues. guys no cup podcast my name is steven ground i'm here with ian peters who is wearing wearing a lovely st louis blues t-shirt hoodie how's it feel ian very thin good very free <laughs> they really <laughs> they really go all out on those promos baby it fits better than you'd think no low quality stuff for these blues no 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 you say except that, for the performance yeah. on the ice that night Ooh. or was that from no this is the, the abs, abs game, game. well yeah. good good then I guess that's better. Yes, the Avs game, the Blues played the Avs, and they gave away free t-shirt hoodies that were nice. They, they look nice. Well They're enough. kind of winter classic color a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not going to wash it because I'm sure it'll fall apart. Probably. <laughs> this yeah. has about two other threads in it <laughs> holding the whole thing together. That's... Uh, but it's good. It's good. It's free. So you mm-hmm. can't beat free. That's true. Uh, we are recording tonight uh, largely because you were at that game mm. last night. Um, so there you go. So here we are. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of notes about our very own podcast to discuss <laughs> before we get into anything well, else. Stroke ourselves uh, for a moment. Yes, please. Uh, on Twitter, you may have noticed if you follow us over at Two Guys No Cup. Uh, We did a segment this week, or rather, I did a segment this weekend um, called A Hot Take. That's the name I gave it on the fly, and it was basically just a little uh, blip that uh, a 10-minute thing that I recorded talking about the Jake Allen situation, which we'll discuss in detail here as well, um, with him not getting the start against the uh, Buffalo Sabres. that's just something we're thinking about trying out a little bit. It won't be too common, uh, but just a way for us to get you some audio uh, for those of you who are rabid fans of the <laughs> Two Guys No Cup podcast and just can't get enough of us. I think we can call them Cupheads. N- Trademark. Oh, I don't yes. think anyone else has I taken that name. Let's do it. No, nobody, no video game or otherwise has mm-hmm. taken that game, that name. Uh, so, yeah, so <laughs> those are going to be on our SoundCloud pl- SoundCloud page, and we'll share them on Twitter, but they're not going to come out over the RSS feed, which you is how you get it through iTunes or Google Play. So if you want to hear those, make sure to follow us and uh, keep track. And we'll, we'll, the idea is for us to put those up. It'll probably only be one of us because we don't like live together, <laughs> but put those up after, you know, trades, big decisions, whatever, when there's a time for a major rant, whatever the case may be. Uh, every once in a while. So we hope you enjoy those. Let us know what you think. Uh, the other cool thing is that this next Thursday, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances, we will be guests on the 
a rap podcast, the random ass podcast. I said a I said a bad word <laughs> on the two guys no cup podcast. I think more are gonna be coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they are. They have been kind enough to invite us on to talk a little hockey, and as the name implies, talk a little of everything else. So we will be recording with them on Thursday, and then they will put that up. I think Friday or Saturday, and you can find us there. And make sure to go. And uh, follow their podcast, follow them on Twitter, follow the folks who do it. Uh, they're wonderfully kind to be inviting us. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot to Tommy Hummel of the team, but all of them over there are awesome to be having us, and we're excited to be doing it. And then the final thing to mention, unless you have anything else, is that we are discussing and nailing down details of a couple of bonus episodes that we're planning on doing uh, at least one, prob- possibly, probably two, about the trade deadline that is coming up on the 26th of February. Yeah, Monday. It's weird to me that it's not the 28th, but um, yeah, we will be discussing uh, possibly one podcast which discusses where we think guys might go uh, and who's out there, who needs what, that sort of thing, and then certainly... Uh, a response when it all happens to who went where and what moves did or probably if we're being honest didn't happen <laughs> yeah really to give us a very boring trade deadline day which i consider like second christmas <laughs> it's true i love trade deadline day we haven't had a real fun one in a while mm-hmm. but they do if you watch coverage of it they have a lot of fun with it yeah so that's always kind of nice. yeah especially if you get that tsn coverage mm-hmm. fed in uh, NHL Network's getting better at it, but it's a lot of fun. Um, so those are the the three notes on our end. Uh, make sure you give us a follow at Two Guys No Cup if you haven't already. Although I assume you probably went from there to here and not vice versa. But if not, uh, we have a lot of fun over there. So we'd love to have you join us. Um, there's also some league news today. Uh, well, every day, I suppose, <laughs> but uh, today specifically, there was a uh, Winter Olympic opening ceremony, and as you noted, when the Czech Republic team walked by, there was no Vladimir Savoka among them. More specifically, there were no NHL players in any <laughs> of the teams, uh, but we were we were particularly saddened by the lack of Vladimir Savoka. You would have been their captain. Um, he might have been. That's horrifying. At least an A, right? Yeah. He's like an NHL player, so I guess. Uh but in any case, we, we haven't ever really addressed it uh, much, and I don't want to go into great detail here. Um, I know there are problems. I know there are a lot of problems with the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and I know that they weren't necessarily uh, playing ball with Gary Bettman and the, the NHL, so to speak. But with that said, I think the fact that NHL athletes aren't at the Olympic Games is a real tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of like the the FIFA system where your duty to your country kind of supersedes everything else, you know, yeah. as a player. And um, they kind of schedule around the World Cup and different European tournaments and things. And uh, not to say that the NHL has to have that, but the Olympics, I love the Winter Olympics and I'll watch... I'll binge watch everything from skeleton to probably some figure skating, honestly. I mean, I just love watching sport at the highest level, but the fact that the NHL athletes aren't 
going to be there. The fact that it's 2022 and I'm or 2018 and I'm going to see Derek Roy in an Olympic sweater Ew. is almost too much to take. Uh, so I certainly wish the athletes were there and wish the NHL had made it happen, especially considering their claim that their focus, one of their major focuses or foci, as the fancy people say, is uh, growing the game on an international level, especially in Asia, where these Olympics are being held. Uh, but do you have anything to add to that uh, before we move on to some other things? Yeah, I find it silly that they're not there. Like you mentioned, growing the sport. I know South Korea is not as big as China, which they've gone on record as saying they want to go to the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in four years in Beijing. They want to be there because China is a huge market. The KHL has already moved in Mm -hmm. as a team there. I know the NHL wants a presence there. They've had at least a preseason game or two with the Kings playing, I think, Vancouver over there. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, Scotty Upshaw was there when he was a Canuck. Yeah, why not <laughs> Why not play a game in South Korea or play these games in South Korea with NHL players? I mean, it's an international stage. You're mm-hmm. growing it internationally. I don't understand the fact that just because it's in Korea doesn't mean the rest of the world isn't watching. Yeah, it's, um, it's strange. Sorry, I didn't No, as I was gonna say, the only gone. thing that I would like about the NHL not going, and which they didn't do... Uh, this time, so mm-hmm. it doesn't help me at all, is if they're going to do that, then I'd rather we see no pro athletes in hockey. It should be, I wish it would be college kids again. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it didn't seem so appealing. It didn't seem so appealing when uh, I wasn't the hugest hockey fan, maybe yeah. in like high school. But now that we've become more accustomed to we know who prospects are uh-huh. and things like that, it'd be so much more fun to see almost like another world juniors yeah but on the international especially stage, right on the heels yeah. of the really competitive fun last yeah group, you know? i think that'd be really really cool but i don't think they're gonna go that direction yeah. at all if anything you're way more likely to see the nhl go back in four years right. than that and i agree i agree with that not to harp on it we will move on but just it's that weird middle ground of where like and i'm not trying to pick on Derek Roy, he's just the name that's in my head, where it's like, he was a a pretty good hockey player once upon a time, but that was a good, like, seven or eight Mm -hmm. years ago, and now he's, like, a key player of Team Canada. That's not an Olympic thing. That's just, like, a rec league (laughs) that's happening on the Olympic stage, you know? Yeah, he's not in the top 300 players of Canada. It's like a very good rec league. (laughs) <laughs> they're so acting, you know but uh it's it just feels weird and yeah it's all it's like I'll, I'll still watch the games that are on but i'm not gonna care a single ounce about who wins mm-hmm. i won't even feel good if the u.s wins because it's like who cares yeah you know? they somehow managed to make hockey the thing i would like the most in winter olympics uh-huh now it's like the thing I care least yeah. about in the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Like you said, I'm. I mean, care a lot more about the bobsled team. Yeah, right no, yeah, no offense to figure skating. I do enjoy it, but now I care that much more about figure uh-huh, skating. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a tra- tragedy. Speaking of things that are tragic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the New York Rangers, in a very bold move this week, sent an open letter to their fans, basically informing them that a rebuild was coming that they weren't satisfied with their team and that they were expecting to basically be in sell mode. Um, 
I won't read the whole thing to you. It's not that long, but uh, they, they kind of go on about their accomplishments since 2005. But then the critical paragraph is, so as we do every season, we have been continuously evaluating our team, looking for areas that can be improved to enhance our chances of winning. We began the process of reshaping our team this past summer when we traded for assets that we believe will help us in the years to come. And signed Kevin Shattenkirk, apparently. That wasn't <laughs> in the letter. As we approach the trade deadline later this month and into the summer, we will be focused on adding young, competitive players that combine speed, skill, and character. This may mean we lose some familiar faces, guys we all care about and respect. While this is part of the game, it's never easy. Our promise to you is that our plan will be guided by our singular commitment, ensuring we are building the foundation for our next Stanley Cup contender. So basically openly telling the fans, look, we're going to be selling veteran guys. Prop names that are being discussed include Rick Nash, Ryan McDonough, who is their captain, right, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I'm sure there are other guys. and I know other names have been discussed. Um, you'd have to wonder if even a team would try and go after Lundquist if they thought he had, like, one... His contract's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. There'd have to be some juggling there, but if they thought... I'm surprised they haven't mentioned him as being yeah, on the market yet. You would think, especially with the way they worded that mm-hmm. letter. Um, what do you think of this move from the higher-ups in the Rangers organization? And I know there's a lot of uh, fan vitriol towards their coach, Elaine Vigneault, so why don't you touch on the fact that he's still there as well? <laughs> it seems kind of silly because I think he's still a good coach. Yeah. I'd take him as our coach if we didn't have Yo or something. Uh-huh. I think it's kind of ballsy that they put this out there, but it also makes sense because I don't really think of the New York Rangers all that much, probably because they're in the East, mm-hmm. but they are... They probably have one of the biggest fan bases, period, in the NHL. And I think we talked about last week, they're the highest-valued team, mm-hmm. period. They kind of owe it to their fans. That big of a franchise would be like, look, this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Not quite on the same level, but closer. That would be like if the Cardinals were like, we're completely rebuilding. They, w- I think they would for sure do this. Or there would yeah, be something probably. open where Mosaic or somebody would be like, look, we're not competitive and we're not going to be competitive, but we're building. I think smaller markets can kind of get away with the, well, we're not very good. You know that. We're not going to tell you that. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out as we go. It makes sense that the Rangers are like, we got to convince our 6 million fans that what we're doing is okay. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to tell them, hey, we, we know you don't like what's going on. But I think it's cool. I would like if the Blues ever stunk that bad. As much as we complain recently, they're still not even close to that bad. Mm-hmm. I would love if Armstrong or somebody else, you know, in the future, if that ever were to ever happen, was like, look, we get it. We're not good. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to change things. Rather than, you know, the sort of behind the closed doors where they're, like, talking about that to themselves, but to you and the fans and to media, like, oh, no, everything's, you know, okay. Uh-huh. And I think I agree with everything you said. I just think it's it's kind of a wise move from their perspective, too. Just to not the people don't know that they don't hear the rumors or whatever, but just to say, look, you know, to admit you're throwing in the towel mm-hmm. is almost more calculated than doing it and not and pretending that you're not, you know? Yeah. And I think I... I honestly believe that the sports world is more 
okay with rebuild projects now, and it, that looks different in hockey than it does in different other sports. But I mean, if you look at like recent World Series winners, the Astros especially and the Cubs especially were both teams that went through very significant, very mm-hmm. intentional rebuilds. Um, you know, and when you look at teams like the Rangers who have been right at the cusp for a long time and they've got big stars like Nash and um, Lundqvist especially mm-hmm. and guys like McDonough who have been big cores of their team for a long time, um, you definitely see kind of where they're at, you know, and see the need to do this. And I guess it's interesting. It kind of sheds light maybe on that, on their thinking with that trade with the Coyotes this summer where they mm-hmm. traded away uh, Stepan and Ronta and got a seventh overall pick and D'Angelo. A, yeah, a young defenseman. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I think two young defensemen from oh, that. Yeah. Um, that's a great move in hindsight for a team that's rebuilding because they got a, you know, a big yeah. chunk of their defensive core going forward in-house now. Um, that's a bold move. And I, I, like, I, like you said, I'd appreciate this kind of transparency if the Blues were to do it, even if I wasn't happy with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the message. Um, and I think, you know, similarly, if they if they were about to trade away Tarasenko or Schwartz or, you know, Petrangelo, whoever, some warning would be done, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you don't want to just come out with that. Yeah. I think this is a good way of kind of putting out, like, a media fire before it even happens or yeah. a fire with the fans. You just already admit, we know we're bad. So mm-hmm. as a fan, you kind of get an angry fan. You kind of get the wind taken out of your sails you're like oh okay well what am i even gonna say at yeah. this point? <laughs> oh yeah you guys suck yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> that's my that's my favorite uh comeback in anything for online games i'm doing terrible and someone's you like you suck no if they're like you suck to me i'm like yeah i've Pretty much do. I'm not very good. Because there's nothing, nowhere to go from there. You They're know? like, well, you still do. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nothing's changed in I the last five seconds. I ain't practiced in about a month. <laughs> uh, so that's good for the Rangers. Um, another just a note that Alex Burrows of the um, Ottawa Senators, I know, it's hard to as remember. John Kelly would say, longtime uh, Vancouver Canuck, uh, <laughs> Was suspended 10 games for roughing on Taylor Hall when he had, what, one previous suspension or no? Yeah, amazingly, he's only had uh, one other suspension. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty rough punishment. I didn't actually see the footage. You did. What mm-hmm. did you think of the call? I think Taylor Hall hit some, and I don't think it's necessarily a dirty hit, but it's kind of like a heat-of-the-moment hit, kind mm-hmm. of like a cross-check to the hip or something. And then... Burroughs kind of, you know, the play is whistled dead and Burroughs kind of hugs him to the ground, more or less. And then when Burroughs is on top of him... Does the old PK Subban. Yeah, he's pretty much (laughs) just laying on top of him. But as he's getting up, he's kind of, I don't know, at a perpendicular Mm. with Hall. And so his knee is in Hall's, like, face or back of his head. And he kind of just starts moving his knee a bunch and smacking Hall's head into the ice. It's not too violent, but Mm. it definitely looks calculated. (laughs) And I think he... His argument, his defense was, oh, no, I was just trying to get up. I was squirming to get up. Yeah. And I think the uh, player safety, you know, board essentially just told him, we're not buying that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they gave him 10 games. That's pretty intense. That's, that's a little more intense than what I thought it deserved, but uh, also it's interesting because 
Like you said, it's only his second suspension. Mm-hmm. It's was just, Hall injured by? I don't think so. Okay. I think he played the rest of the game. There was no like, concussion thing. They weren't that hard from what I saw, but it was kind of on a replay. So maybe heat of the moment that looked way worse. But he probably just, you know what? We'll say this. The 10 games he got was accumulated or accrued from all the other crap that Alexander Burroughs has done over his <laughs> career that probably deserved it. Yeah. I hated that guy back in the, the 8 9 playoffs when the Blues yeah. got swept out. Yeah, I for sure. I hated Alexander Burroughs. Mm-hmm. So good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, some senators, players, coaches, and higher-ups uh, voiced their discontent. But Alexander Burroughs himself made a public statement accepting the penalty, uh, the the 10-game suspension, that is, not, not the game misconduct. <laughs> he said, I the... am Alexander Burroughs, <laughs> and that is all. Uh, but the uh, rest of the Ottawa Senators organization had bigger things on their mind, perhaps, because we just found out today that they have extended uh, their general manager, Pierre Dorian, for three years which was a move that I read and thought, okay, because they're not good right now. I realize, I mean, I recognize on the one hand that this is a team that went to the uh, Eastern Conference. I was was (laughs) zeroing in on it. Eastern Conference Finals last year um, against the Penguins and got one game from Mm -hmm. winning the whole thing, winning the whole Eastern Conference thing. Um, with that said, they're also a team that seems to be in, uh, kind of fire sale mode this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, they made that, I would say disastrous trade for Matt Duchesne and, uh, now we're talking about trading pieces like Mike Hoffman, uh, other names like Mark Stone have been discussed. Carlson is we don't know if probably leaving. Yeah. I mean, I, at this point, it just seems like the momentum is definitely, moving towards leaving i'd say at very least it's 50 50 and that's yeah not good that's not good (laughs) for them yeah certainly they can't like have a franchise without him so the Mm -hmm. way they're constructed right now um so i mean i don't think dorian's done a, a bad job necessarily we've commented before on how many good players are on that team Mm -hmm. it seems like they should be better than they are and maybe the ownership group just says, look, this is a coaching personnel thing. It's not on you. You put the right people in house. But uh, what do you think about this move before we move on to some trade bait stuff? <laughs> it, I, it doesn't make any sense to me from the outside on the Duchesne trade alone. I mean, they got pretty much hosed. I mm-hmm. mean, I know Duchesne was supposed to be more than what he's been up there, and I think he's been getting a little better, which is really all you can do because he mm-hmm. started out just awful. I don't know. Maybe it's more of a Rangers thing where they have a plan sort of in-house. They know they're going to be sort of rebuilding, and they like what he's done thus far. They want to have uh, you know, a captain to the ship. They want to have someone they know, and maybe mm-hmm. ownership has a little more say. Maybe the president has a little more say, and they go, look, this is a guy that works with us, and we have a plan, so mm-hmm. he'll just be the conduit rather than bringing in a new GM for a rebuild who has a whole bunch of new ideas. It's just easier this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about earlier before getting on here that Peter Dorian or Pierre Dorian is a relatively young GM. Yeah, he's forty five years old, which is pretty young to yeah. be in that role. That's well, so, I mean, young in life and young in his career. Mm-hmm. 
I think maybe they want to groom him a little bit more, something along those lines. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. That's a weird franchise. They're in a strange situation for sure. This three-year contract extension takes them through 2021-22 season. The 2021-2022 season. The 2020s is not going to be a fun decade for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's just skip it. Uh, but yeah, I just think, um, it's strange for one thing, just doing the math quickly. That means there's a year left on his deal Mm -hmm. and then he'll have three more seasons after that. Um, it reminds me, and I'm not trying to switch the topic to baseball, but it reminds me of when the Cardinals gave Mike Matheny an extension after they'd uh, missed the playoffs for the first time under his reign. And he had a year left on his deal and you're just kind of like, but now, like, you just <laughs> let him point. do the last year and see how things go sort of thing, you know. Uh, but maybe it's a confidence move. And, and with Dorian's, uh, in his case, a three-year deal is not that long a deal for a GM. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Doug Armstrong has just start, you know, just signed his second consecutive five-year deal. So it's not like it's that long a term. It would be easy to terminate if they want mm-hmm. to. But I just don't – there's this weird trend I know – uh, Missouri football did it with their coach Barry Odom too. There's this weird trend I see sometimes where it's like, well, this guy's not very good, but we can't let him get away. Yeah, you know? someone like, like sure you could. Yeah, <laughs> you just find somebody else that's not very good. But in any case, um, maybe You're right. we're, maybe we're not giving Dorian enough credit. Uh, we are not Eastern Conference know-it-alls. No, we certainly aren't. Uh, but then uh, one last thing we discussed before we moved to more Blues Central topics, TSN, which is the Canadian equivalent of ESPN. So it's basically just like ESPN, except instead of uh, a fascination with the NFL, it's the NHL, uh, which <laughs> is fun for us. Uh, they have put out their uh, top 40 trade bait lists, uh, which is interesting, and they've got people rising and falling on it as more and more rumors, I guess, get generated. Um, there are some fun names on this list. I thought we'd just take a moment to kind of discuss it. Uh, the name that the only Blues name on the list, I believe, is uh, Jordan Cairo, who is currently number 15 on the list, which is wow. interesting. Um, that's kind of a strange name. Maybe they're just saying the Blues are so involved in trade talks that his name comes up constantly. But it's kind of interesting then on the flip side of the coin that uh, Robert Thomas isn't, isn't anywhere on, on the list, um, which I'm glad, I guess, about. Yeah. But I don't really <laughs> want to lose Kyrou either. Um, but some of the names on here, I mean, the co- top 10 or so names are no surprise. Evander Kane's number one. No he's, thanks. He's leaving. Mike Green's number two. He's leaving. These guys are all on the last year of UFA deals. Patrick Maroon, uh, Mike Hoffman isn't a UFA, but he's very widely discussed. Michael Grabner, Max Pacioretty, Thomas Vanek, those kind of guys. Uh, But then there are some more interesting names, um, and I'll just kind of maybe list some of the names and get from you like a very basic sort of interest, not interest, mm-hmm. maybe a word about why. Uh, number eight is Alex Galchenyuk, who's on a three, who's got two more years left at $4.9 million on his deal with the Montreal Canadiens. We've talked about him some recently. Mm-hmm. I'm lukewarm on that. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think he's... Very, very non-exciting. <laughs> I would like, if we made the core of a package for Alex Galchenyuk, I'd just be like, eh, you know, whatever. Um 
Number 10 is Jeff Skinner, which I think is a very interesting name on there. Goal scorer for the mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes. I would love He's Jeff got a Skinner. year left at $5.73 million. Uh, how's his stat line this year? Because I know he kind of finally broke out last year. Um, <laughs> it's probably the one year he didn't have a almost a career-ending concussion. I feel <laughs> like he has one every year. He has 15, point, 15 goals and 16 assists this year after having 37 goals and 26 assists last year. Uh, but he's had some 30 goals. He's had a couple of 30-goal seasons and, like you said, a lot of seasons that have been shortened somewhat by injury. The quietest 30-goal seasons, <laughs> at least from a Blues fan's perspective. Yeah, Carolina might sure. as well be on Mars as yeah, far as like, what we hear about. Probably what we are to a lot of Canadian teams. Oh, true. Marginally better, I guess. I would love Jeff Skinner. I'm sure the asking price is something stupid. Probably. I mean, I shouldn't say stupid. They He's a good player. Yeah. They deserve something good for him. Mm-hmm. But it's probably... A first, a roster player, and a really good prospect seems mm-hmm. to be what's a baseline for a lot of teams. And that's like, eh. which is supposedly the asking price for Pacioretty, which is preposterous. Like I'd give um, that more readily actually for Jeff Skinner, just because he's younger. Oh yeah, yeah, and he seems sure. to be able to. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say he seems to be able to produce more. And you get a year to try and quite. extend him and keep him. Yeah, he's exactly. A lot younger, what if you decide to do that? Uh, Zach Smith of Ottawa's on here. He's got three years at 3.25. It's Who's basically that? an other Bergwind. I don't care. Yeah. Move on. Um, <laughs> Boone Jenner is an interesting name. Very young, 24-year-old, uh, restricted free agent after the year. Has had a, was it a 30-goal season yeah. early in his career with the Columbus Blue Jackets? What do you think about Boone Jenner? I would love to take a flyer on that guy, kick the tires, all the other things you say when you're trying to, <laughs> to look at a guy on another team. He's having a really bad year this year. I think he's got like a 4% like shooting percentage uh-huh. right now. It's like an all-time low. If they sell, I think you could get him for like a prospect and like a fourth-round pick, maybe mm-hmm. third-round pick or something because it's just I don't see them selling him. I mm-hmm. can't believe they would because it's just so low. Yeah. But that'd be amazing because I think maybe he gets back up there. I don't know. The Blue Jackets aren't necessarily struggling right now, so I'm not entirely sure what his problem is. But I did read an article somewhere. It might have been on TSN where they were saying that players that struggle under um, Tortorella Mm -hmm. just have a really hard time historically bouncing back quickly. Yeah. And so that might it might just be a coaching thing. It's probably not just, Mm -hmm. but that might be a big factor. I would definitely. Well, try John Tortorella is such a warm, loving yeah. influence. Yeah, when you think of like a warm, nice mother figure, you think <laughs> John Tortorella. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that'd be an interesting one. That's one I didn't think about until a couple days ago when they uh-huh. said he was available. I didn't even know he was playing that bad until then. Yeah. Uh, moving through the rest of the list, John Gabriel Pajot is doing not much this year. He's got four years left at $3.1 million. But he's a quote-unquote playoff performer. Yeah cool meaning <laughs> meaning he did that last year yeah, for one them. time yeah. um i don't think i'm interested with that contract it's a very bergwin reminiscent contract a name that caught my eye on here for sure is gustav nyquist of the detroit red wings you mean of the kentucky derby of the kentucky derby <laughs> the kentucky derby we're getting derby a horse winning, folks gustav nyquist he's an honest to god right winger he's 28 years <gasps> old but he has two years, well, he's one year after this left on his deal at $4.75 million, and he's currently got 15 goals and 24 assists. Um, How old is he? 
28 years old, which is older than I would have thought, mm, okay. honestly, but he's been around there a while. N- not a name that I would be like giving the world up to have, but I mm-hmm. think he's a, he could be a decent player. Hey, if you're a right wing and you're serviceable in the NHL, you're playing on the second <laughs> line on this team. <laughs> That's true. Um, of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are also listed, the two unrestricted free agents who were certainly brought in originally with the idea of flipping them at the deadline, but considering their spot in the standings, seems very unlikely that those guys would be moved at this point when they're possible mm-hmm. President's Trophy contenders, well, we which talked is still about, baffling. We talked about earlier in the season thinking, hey, we could maybe get James Neal at the deadline. That'd be uh-huh. a really good ad. And I still agree with that. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I still believe it would be a great ad. Mm-hmm. Then there's two final interesting names to discuss. Uh, one that's on this list and one that I've just heard in rumors elsewhere. The one that's on this list is Sam Reinhart, who's the 23, I believe, 23-year-old uh, right-wing restricted free agent for the uh, Buffalo Savers Um and uh, he's a name that I'm very interested in. I don't know what you think about him. He was drafted uh, second overall in 2014, so I'm sure they would expect a pretty solid return for him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has had uh, 17 goals and 30 assists this year and 23 really? goals and 19 assists last year, yeah. It's 17? No, I lied. That was 2016-2017. Well, even then, I'm still surprised that this guy had any amount of those on a Buffalo Sabres team. That's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, So what do you think about Reinhardt? I mean, I think it's probably a pipe dream in terms of him actually moving. Yeah. I don't know why they'd be trading away their young talent at this point. (laughs) He could be a diamond in the rough, though, because you just don't know what you're going to pull out of that dumpster fire of a team over there. Yeah, that's very true. He could be way better than what we think. Uh-huh. It'd be interesting, but like you said, it's probably not going to happen. And speaking of similar diamonds in the rough, the last name to discuss is Max Domi, uh, the young center for the <laughs> oh, yeah. Arizona Coyotes, soon to be the Houston Oil Drillers or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making it up as I go. Uh, what do you think about Max Domi and his fit on this team? I think he would be maybe not quite as cheap as Boone Jenner, but close enough. Uh-huh. He had a season where I want to say he got 50, maybe 60, probably 50-ish points um, his rookie year. And he hasn't quite hit that yet. Arizona, as we all know, isn't doing overly well. I think you could probably get him. 52 points in his rookie year, okay. 38 in last season. Was he injured last year? points with the London Knights. Yes, he did only play 59 games. He was the 12th overall pick in 2013. He's a left winger. He's partially Albanian. <laughs> Which doesn't matter, but it is cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I think I, I feel like I no, cut I, you off there, but I think they've been playing him at center down there. I don't know if you mm, would feel I comfortable so, playing so, that yeah. here. Um, it'd be interesting. I don't think they'll move him because I I don't know if they try and sell the trade as like oh he's no longer part of our young core. He's still pretty young. He might be twenty two years old. <laughs> he might He'll be, be twenty three yeah. in March. He might be your oldest young guy, but that's no reason to move him. Yeah. They got other problems those there, two, really. Those two, though, are a couple of teams where it's like, who knows what they're going to do yeah. or what they should do at this point. <laughs> they don't know. They so. can't tear down and rebuild because they've already done that and <laughs> failed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Shoot for the stars. Yeah. Uh, so f- moving on from trade discussion, as we mentioned earlier, we'll probably have an F- episode 
devoted to those kind of hot and juicy rumors um, in the coming days or weeks. Uh, we've got plenty of blues news to discuss, including the uh, sad news that broke today. That sounded more like a death than an injury. <laughs> <laughs> the very sad news that Joel Edmondson's bone broke and pierced his skin. <laughs> uh, it was a compound fracture on his right arm after taking a puck which we believe was shot by Niall Yakupov, uh, because as everyone knew last year, Niall Yakupov, who was a very friendly man, hated Joel Edmondson. <laughs> uh, Edmondson will be reevaluated in six weeks' time. He had surgery at uh, Washington University, I guess today, because uh, <laughs> it wasn't, well, last night or today. we got to put the bone back the in your arm. Uh, for Doctor Who fans, Dr. Matt Smith was one of his surgeons, so uh, he was apparently operated on by a time doctor or something. I'm not a Doctor Who <laughs> fan, so I shouldn't I speak on such I things. Believe, I don't know, but I believe I be- it's Time Lord. I've, oh, excuse but me. But I'm glad you said Time Doctor. I believe <laughs> me. he is a doctor who travels time, so I, mean, I just made yeah. him into a Time Doctor. That was not a bad guess. Uh, so Time Lord. That's, that's even better sounding. And a British Time Lord at that, which I guess they all are, but you know. It was a fun surgery for Joel Edmondson. <laughs> I'm sure it was very whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, speaking of things that are whimsical, Gary Bettman appeared <laughs> <laughs> at uh, like does, a I guess, annual trips to every team. Or he does. I, it makes it a little less special. Yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> he shows up at a Carolina Hurricanes game and it's like, you guys are still here, huh? Well, Nifty. I, keep, I keep saying that's our commitment, so, so. it must be true. Um, not a lot interesting from his visit, but he was asked about St. Louis getting an all-star game and he said, not if, but when. St. Louis will get an all-star game. I'd honestly prefer a draft, but I maybe agree. they'll do both. And we talked earlier er, earlier in the offseason when we were talking about uh, some of the remodeling that go, is going on at Scott Trade, how uh, the NHL intends to reward teams that are building new buildings or mm-hmm. remod- revamping their old buildings. So it wouldn't be a surprise for us to get an all-star game. Uh, it would still be fun. I mean, if I cool. could go, I'd go, but... It's not like I'm dying to see it. Mm -hmm. Got to go to that skills competition. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it would be fun and, I guess, good for the city, but not that fun to watch, (laughs) Uh, which are all three descriptions that properly describe this game against the Buffalo Sabres (laughs) as I drop a glass bottle on the floor. But it was empty, folks. Um, (laughs) The uh, St. Louis Blues took on Buffalo in Buffalo, they beat Buffalo one nothing. They buffaloed the Buffalo Sabers one to nothing, which I don't think meets the description of a buffaloing. <laughs> but in any case, uh, this game happened. And it that was, was it. <laughs> about that, we could really just move on at that point, but why don't let's not? Why don't let's talk about it for a minute? Um, Fine. This was basically a game where there was one team that was good and not trying hard, and there was another team that was not good and also not really <laughs> trying all that hard, but trying just hard enough to keep the good team from not just you know destroying them. Uh, we had a lot of missed opportunities. Tarasenko missed a wide-open net uh, early in the second period. Um, Shin, in the, early in the third period, intercepted a... a Buffalo pass in the slot as he was driving towards goal and couldn't beat. He basically had the last third of a penalty shot at that point and couldn't beat. 
um, whoever their goalie oh, is, Leonard. Robin Leonard. Yeah. Um, and uh, it looked like just one of those games that maybe was somehow going to uh, escape our grasp until uh, the most predictable hero oh, on the board, the guys I think we all tabbed as the game winner in this one, uh, Carl Gunnarsson, uh, on his fifth goal of the season, which actually set a career high, um, Paul Stastny assisted uh, with his 25th assist, Stastny continuing to have a quietly good season, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is just kind of Paul Stastny's season, ceiling and now quietly good. Uh, <laughs> he won the faceoff kind of unconvincingly. It just sort of trickled back to Carl Gunnarsson, and Carl Gunnarsson then took an unconvincing snapshot uh, that somehow knocked off the bottom of the bar and just dipped into the net behind Leonard. Um it was a cool moment to see his father, Bjorn Gunnarsson, which is his real name. I'm not making that up for it. comedy, but that is what they told me repeatedly. I second sourced it. It's not just a <laughs> Swedish stereotype. We got folks. a birth certificate. <laughs> um, uh, he 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 had the had the joy of watching his son score an NHL goal, which Gunnarsson said. Uh, um, it's pretty. It's a little special to score with him in the building. Very Swedish. Very very measured. It's a little <laughs> special to score with him in the building. I don't think that's happened before. That's pretty cool. Like hopefully he scores some goal with his dad in the building sometime. <laughs> but in any case, um, so Bjorn Gunnarsson had that thrill. Unfortunately, he also was subjected to an interview with Darren Pang after the game, in which Darren Pang said the words "boom boom." Eh, 97,000 times. <laughs> no one's called Carl Gunnarsson, Carl Boom Boom Gunnarsson ever. No. So just Darren make Pang, it stop. That's his name for him. So, that, uh, you know, it's the same as Schwizzle Schwartz. He's going to force it <laughs> until somehow other people are just like, I guess this is what he's called now. My eyes rolled in the back of my head. I can't see anymore. Uh, I, would, I wish I was with you, but I can keep reading, apparently. <laughs> um, it was a nice shot by Gunnarsson a cool moment. It was one of those things where you're like, at that point in the game, I mean, I guess. I guess Carl Gunnarsson gets the game winner or whatever. Uh, but the Blues have five minutes of hockey to, left to play, and Carl Gunnarsson giveth as much as he taketh away. <laughs> and he uh, got boxed with about two minutes left for a blatant interference call. Um, boom, boom. He, he, he's quoted as saying, oh my God, I think my heartbeat was higher than it was during the rest of the game sitting in the penalty box. It's the worst feeling in the world sitting in the box and you're up by one. Uh, and my thought to that is then don't do penalties or whatever. You know, <laughs> no. It's just a thought. I don't want to tell you how to play hockey. But in any case, uh, Carter Hutton made a brilliant save on the aforementioned Sam Reinhardt. Uh, after a ton of nasty passes from uh, the Sabres, it was a really nice play by them. Uh, Hutton somehow got his skate blade over far enough to deflect uh, Reinhardt's shot. And um, then uh, that was with, I think, just like 30 seconds left or so, and the Blues went on to win the game. Uh, a quick shout-out to... Um, our friend, uh, well, not our friend, I don't think we follow him or he <laughs> us, but a good Twitter account that we saw, uh, at Low Def Blues on Twitter, who responded to a gif of this save saying, the refs later said Reinhardt was out of position and couldn't have scored anyway, which is a joke, of course, off the uh, Boston Sabres goal, or Boston Sabres, <laughs> Boston Bruins goal that was called 
not goalie interference on Jake Allen just two days before he tweeted this. Uh, that is certainly one of our tweets of the week. We'll discuss another one later on. Um, but that was a fun comment. So it was a happy ending to the dad's trip. Uh, Gunnarsson scored, which is cool. Uh, it was a really happy ending to the dad's trip if you were Carter Hutton's dad or Car- <laughs> Carl Gunnarsson's dad. If you weren't, you were just kind of there, which is cool. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul Stastny's dad, I guess, if he was there, uh, which I didn't see him there at all, and I would think I would have heard if he was there. But uh, <laughs> We would have heard. Yeah, but in any case, uh, he at least saw an assist wherever he was. I think he's like still alive, right? I'd feel super <laughs> I'm pretty sure Peter Stasny was dead this whole time. I think he saw from heaven that Paul Stasny had scored a goal. Uh, Looking down on you, Paul. Uh, but in any case, uh, Gunnarsson was scratched the last three and five of the last six before this game, he said, I've just got to try and have a good game here tonight and show them that I want to stay in. When you've been out here for been out for a bit, you want to come back strong. And he said, it worked out, eh? We had a couple good chances and didn't go in. I got a little lucky, but it's good to see it go in. Uh, Hutton got the start despite Jake Allen saving 43 or 45 shots and really 43 or 44 shots against the uh, Bruins, not counting the goalie interference goal. Mm -hmm. He had a great night. We talked about that in the hot take we did on uh, Saturday on Twitter and on our SoundCloud account. Um, Didn't make sense to me, to you, to start Hutton here. Mike Yo said, that's the plan. That was the plan all along. Jake knows the plan, which is fine, but like... Can you tell me the plan? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know. I just would love to know that plan. <laughs> um, but, hey, it worked out. I'm not going to be bitter about a win. Well, I've been bitter about wins. I'm a little bitter about this win uh, because we needed a Carl Gunnarsson goal uh, and a Carter Hutton shutout to win a game against the Buffalo Sabres, which should have foretold our own doom. Uh, but in any case, it did not. <laughs> um, to give one final quote uh, about the game, uh, Mike Yo said, I think that our execution could have been a little bit better. I thought Buffalo played a really strong game. This is the NHL, and they've got good players over there, which is the line he was handed Forced on a card <laughs> by Gary Bettman himself. <laughs> they made it difficult on us all night. I thought their structure was very good through the neutral zone and in their own zone. They really didn't give us any space, so I think that we could have been better in some areas, but also think the opponent was good tonight, too which is just a big block of text that says nothing. <laughs> Gunnarsson's goal was the 30th by a Blues defenseman. Ian, you got the weird yin and yang of torment and joy of going to both the game against Minnesota and Colorado. Mm-hmm. So why don't you walk us through that roller coaster of emotions? Yeah, this week was a weird week for the Blues. <laughs> a very It feels odd really week. strange looking back that we got six out of eight points oh and are like yeah seven of three in our last 10 or something now eight of three i guess after yeah after this minnesota game that was on tuesday i did not think we were gonna win against the abs nor did i think we we're gonna win tonight against the jets but there you go uh minnesota the game on tuesday that i got box seats to from a friend a roommate that works at uh, Emerson. Great company. We, lo- we love Emerson here. Number one fan. Um, great box seats. The fact that the Blues lost this game eventually did not make the wings I was eating any less 
great. <laughs> Fantastic. For free. Yeah. Just for, to oh, drill yeah. that in a little bit. Oh, me. all of this for free. People left halfway through the game. Why? You get more food. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, this game started out really well. The first period, Schwartz scored his 16th goal of the game with 45 seconds into the first. Kind of hacked a loose puck underneath Dubnik that got assisted by Preko and Bomeister. And that sort of made the game look like it was going to be, I don't know, amazing? Good? Ooh. At least they looked like they were starting out strong. They were kind of all over the wild for the first two or three minutes. But two or three minutes does not a game make. Because <laughs> within about, what is that? Less than, I guess they didn't do that for a full two or three minutes. I lied. They probably did it for a minute. Because at 2.02 of the first period, the Wild scored on a Nino Niederreiter goal, assisted by Olafsson, who I've never heard of, <laughs> and uh, Eric Stahl. Olafsson rung one off the post. Hutton kind of got turned around a la Jake Allen style, and Niederreiter buried it behind him. And there we go. It's a 1-1 game. Not the best start, but we're back to, we're back to square. Mm-hmm. Then the Wilds score their second goal of the night from Marcus Foligno at 16.53 of the first period, assisted by Daniel Winnick. Winnick fires the puck on net from the right corner of the blue zone, and it gets to the other side of Hutton somehow, but this is to Hutton's left and not in the net quite yet, and Bo Meester cannot box out Foligno, who puts it in, which is... you got to watch this goal. I like Bo Meester. He tends to generally be a pretty good defenseman. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's, like, behind Foligno at this point. He's boxing him in, if anything, towards mm-hmm. Hutton. I guess he was just hoping the puck... I mean, you can't really plan for the puck to be where it is, but it does not look like the best defensive goal or defensive play. Then, without the... Uh, before the third... Before the first period ends, the Wild get a power play goal from Miko Koivu at 18.07, assisted by Granlund and Suter. Koivu takes the puck from the right boards, skates into the Blues' four-man box formation they have on PK. No one skates up to him, I guess, because they all think they're covering someone else. And he just kind of uncontestedly backhands one past Hutton, which is a great look on the PK. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first period ended 3-1. Not really what you thought was going to happen after Jaden Schwartz scored uh, the first goal of the game at the beginning. It made this game look not so great. But, but it turned around, right? Yeah, so that's the thing. It's 3-1. <laughs> you think that can't be... Well, well a, a non-Blaze fan. <laughs> that's true. You're right. If you're someone else that not doesn't root for this team, you think, that's not so bad. We can figure this out. But if you're a Blues fan, 3-1, I was telling my buddy, the game's already over. <laughs> Just enjoy your food and beer. <laughs> yeah. And the second period started. Hutton wasn't in net. They put Allen in. I'll be honest, I honestly told someone in this box, well, I think it's over now. <laughs> and maybe yeah. not because they put Allen in, but I was right. They uh, they say the goalie switch is a real message to the team, but it hasn't been in any of the games yeah. this year for us, I'll tell you that yeah. much. I don't think this team has gotten that message <laughs> because the Wild scored their fourth goal tonight pretty quickly, at least before the halfway period, Jason Zucker. Is 22nd of the season at 945, assisted by Granlund. Allen, oh, this is a good Allen one. I mean, this is a a bad team one and a bad Allen one, but it's a classic Allen. Allen skated out to play the puck. He played it to the right boards from the center of his own zone. Granlund keeps the puck in at the blue line. Uh, Allen skates backwards to the net in a panic because now the puck is on a wild stick and he's not in the net. Uh, Gunnarsson doesn't cut off the pass to Zucker. Who I don't I don't know who he's trying to play. I guess he's trying to play the pass, but if he misses like he did, now you got a guy in on his own. But it's really not the best angle that 
Zucker's at anyways. And he still manages to backhand it over Allen's uh, blocker, mm-hmm. which is on the near side of where Zucker's coming from. So Allen leaves the post a little early. And he drops his stick, which didn't really affect us, but it did just make it look more pathetic, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I really don't mean to harp on Allen that much, but at this point it was already a bad game, and so you just kind of feel like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Um, next wild goal. We'll just go through these. Matt Dumba's 10th of the, the season this in the second period. This one was period. arguably even worse for Allen. Yeah, this one was actually just a bad goal on the goalie. I mean, you want to be able to take away the Dumba shot that he gets, but it's just clean between his legs. He just closes them. Just... Was it on end, though, when it went through? It might have been. I, I mean, that's really yeah. an excuse. But... <laughs> and it wasn't like the, I feel like almost the worst ones is when they get a huge chunk of it uh-huh. and they just barely roll yeah. in. I mean, this one still went in with some velocity, so I guess that's better. better? Yeah. I don't know. Um, it was just, I just remember thinking many times this game, oh, it's <laughs> over, oh, it's over. And this one, for some reason, was another one of like, oh, no, now it's really over. Cause that <laughs> Four was... ones seemed unlikely, but five ones really out there. Yeah, that, this is impossible now. So we ended the second period with the wild up. Uh, five to one on the Blues. Third period started well. Got another power play goal from Eric Stahl at 5.05, assisted by Prize and Spurgeon. Um, at this point, I was getting more wings. That's my and hopefully beer. <laughs> that's my that was my note at this point. Um, I sure the blue. I'm sure the blues look terrible in this goal. I couldn't find it. I'll be honest with you. I also wasn't. NHL.com stopped watching at this point. Yeah, and I couldn't find it on there, and uh, I was hungry, so I'm pretty sure. Let's say Eric Stahl backhanded it in, <laughs> and Allen was on his head. I don't know. I'm sure it was close. Uh, Yaskin scored his fifth though, making it six two. The blues didn't go away. Dimitri, big loss, yes. <laughs> just jig, just the uh, Assisted by Steen and Pareko. Pareko had two assists. That's great. Is that really a Blues didn't go away situation? <laughs> the, yeah, I, I'm sure that's how someone would try and spin yeah. it. The, the most Darren optimist Tang, of optimists. Bernie Federko. Um, I didn't see the school either. They give you tinfoil in these things, in these boxes. There were cookies. So I packed some cookies and tinfoil. Nice. I'm assuming Yaskin um, barreled into Dubnik. Not goaltender interference. Good goal, Yaskin. <laughs> so I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, Storylines for this. Uh, Stats. What a, what a crap for yeah. this one. Before we get to all of the stuff I'm going to say on this loss, even though we went through it in kind of a fun way, it was an awful <laughs> loss. Like, just bad. There's no two ways about it. But now I remember the Eric Stahl goal. That was the only one that felt unlucky. And now I remember that was a double deflection. But even the double deflection, I swear to you, I saw happen before it happened. I was like, he's going to hit it off this dude's skate at very least, and it's going to go in. He, that's where the guy's head was, and it was bing-bang. And I was like, unlucky, but intent, yeah, predictable yeah. and almost intentional. Um, Blues outshot the Wild 37-20. to 20. Which seems impossible. They, I hate saying it, they came on, the Blues came on in the last five minutes and put a bunch of shots on that. They were, like, all from the perimeter. That's pretty much the story of this game. It was was lots of shots from the Blues, and they were all from outside of the circles or, like, at the blue line. It was pretty insane how well the Wild defended slash the Blues, I'll say, just didn't try. (laughs) Um, They won the faceoffs pretty handily, 62% to 38 
Blues were 0 for 3 on the power play. You know, what's new? Wild were 2 for 3. Blues out hit the Wild 25 to 12. That'll happen when, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess we had the puck. We sh- shot 37 yeah, times, but at the true. same time we had more hits. It's, <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, Yo on the Blues not responding after being down 3-1, which I think was a good quote, said uh, there's plenty of hockey left. You want to see some fight at this point. So, yeah, I can't say that I disagree. I think that we needed to see some more. Yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of different things that you could do. It could be some hits or just the pushback that we needed more of. I mean, more scoring, more anything, really. Checking, puck handling, well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much the game of hockey Surprise needed to be played. <laughs> uh, yo, on what the team could improve on after this or how we could help improve them, he said, I thought we had a really good practice yesterday which would have been whatever that was, Monday. But you can't get inside the players' heads, and you can't force them to think about the game and force them to do the little things. You can talk about that, but that's up to them. Obviously not trying to take ourselves out of it. It's our job ultimately as coaches, but players have to prepare individually, and so we've got to be ready to go. I'm glad he puts the onus on the players because, I mean, I'm I'm sure some of it's coach stuff here and there, but really... When it's an effort thing, yeah, yeah. When it's an effort thing, it's the players and a a storyline that sort of came out of this um, game a lot between Jeremy Rutherford at the Athletic and Luke Korak and a bunch of people is like it was a leadership thing. I mean, it's the whole team not playing, but at a certain point, if they're not playing, and don't be fooled, they didn't really have a pushback at all. They had no answer to the Wild whatsoever. They, Nor did they seem like they particularly wanted one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It didn't seem like they Which I, cared. I think, not to interrupt you, is the no, story with this team, really, is that we don't, like like you said, at 3-1. When it's 3-1, it's over. Yeah, it should it not be. It doesn't matter. And after the first period, that should not that's be That's what I mean. Over. That's 40 minutes. But I saw like I saw an update from the Islanders, because we follow all the NHL team Twitter accounts on Twitter. On that's where <laughs> you follow those. Uh, but um, there was just something about how they scored the tying goal at 5-5, five to five, and I was like, can you imagine any <sighs> Blues game getting to 5-5 five to five unless... It was like 5-2 Blues, and then the other team <laughs> came back and tied it. What do you remember? Well, we had Roar Bacon, and that's about it. And that's Yeah, that's the last and time. And that's the story of the bacon. <laughs> and that's all we, that was David Backus still here, so that feels like a long time ago to me. This rested on leadership. And actually, speaking of David Backus, I killed my own transition. Great, <laughs> great job, Ian. Um, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter. The guilt, guys. The self-flagellation <laughs> is going to happen because of that one. You have oh, no yeah. idea. <laughs> um, I saw a lot on Twitter of people being like, you know, Backus was here. That's a leader. That's who we're missing. And with all due respect, we like Backus. Baffled me. But yeah, do people not remember this team has caved plenty it of times. It all this. Yeah, this stuff. is this. I I don't know if that's encouraging, but somehow it feels like it's like yeah. see, it's the same team <laughs> with or without David Backus. <laughs> um, we all know that he would. We had close games where it'd be three two, and we needed to pull the goalie and get that last tying goal. Uh, and he decided this is when Nathan McKinnon dies. I was gonna say the only difference between this and another game. Is that if David Backus <laughs> had been there, Joel Erickson Eck would have gotten it if yeah. he was even on the that ice. That dude would have been game. plastered, <laughs> and then David Backus would have had like the crazy eyes, red eyes, just bleeding yeah. from the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
The guy got a little rabbit. I think it's too much dog handling. Um, but yeah, I do not. I like him. He was a fine leader, but he wasn't like a better leader than mm-hmm. anyone here. Um, I think the leadership group we have is fine, good enough, uh-huh. which is great to say. A <laughs> uh, real ringing endorsement. But I think they're fine. They just didn't do anything this game. You don't need a C or an A on your jersey to lead either. Mm-hmm. And especially in this game, we didn't see any of that. You can get that from veteran leadership. You can get that from a guy like Brodziak or Upshaw. Um, Stasny I mean, Stasny should yeah. be doing it. Hell, I don't, you know, I'd say the only people you should not have to rely on are like Tage Thompson and Vince Dunn. And those are the guys that are out there trying their like, hard, hardest know. when it is terrible. Yeah, it's They haven't been blues long enough. We'll, they'll, no, they'll learn. They'll learn. <laughs> that's, that's literally every time I see them, I'm just like, please, guys, it's over. Like, the other guys are practically taking yeah. off their sweaters and going home. <laughs> Stay <Just> golden. <laughs> um, it's, it, it was just zero passion. They were down, we've mentioned, they were down 3-1. No passion to come back. Multiple quotes from uh, Steam Petrangelo in this game talking about how uh, the planet home is too complicated, which I think Yo kind of went against and was like, well, we try and play the same way both places. So What does that even mean? I he, I think Yo literally came out and said, like, we play the same both places. They're probably in their own heads. And you know what? If I swear to you, if Hitch said that, I'd be like, mm, don't lie to me, Hitch. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. But I believe Yo is like, yeah. no, this is the same plan. These players are, like, stepping on their own foot. If there's any plan difference, it maybe is, like, a, a how like, well, fast like a, they make yeah. changes or something. Well, it's like know, a line like, It's like a, a line matchup yeah, thing, exactly. but I highly doubt it's like, look, this time we got to be a little fancy. Yeah, exactly. But I think Petrangelo or you someone... you got to pass it through the legs at yeah. home to score goals. <laughs> well, I think Petrangelo or someone said something about how you might get in your own head sort of where you're trying to, I don't know, do right or put on a show sort uh-huh. of for the home fans. And I never quite actually thought of it that way. I could see where you're coming from there. But when you've been in the league as long as you have, maybe he's even grasping at straws with that explanation. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, when you're like 20, <laughs> and even then you probably kind of understand, oh, we just got to win games. Yeah. I mean, what happens to all two points to two points? You know, that's all you got to do. I get that. Buffalo I would... happened to that. Even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. It's on the players, I think, uh, slightly it might be on the coaches. Um, I mean, only because of, it's probably just quotes that annoy me. It's like Mike Yo saying that things are unacceptable after an Arizona game, and then this happens. I get it, you can't rest it all on him, but it's like, man. You just said this same thing was unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's just frustrating as a fan. I get it's not all him, but I think they could do a little better job. Uh Uh-huh. And maybe that's putting it very lightly on power play. Yeah. It has, oddly enough, looked better even when we've played poorly. Yeah. So it's not all doom and gloom coaching-wise. And then it's a, a game plan because that game felt like it didn't have any. Watching that team skate into the offensive zone, which they had opportunities to do, and then just kind of rim it around and then... Skate back. Skate back, make a change, even though they, I swear to God, they just made a change. Yeah. It was real confusing. 
it was hard to get a non-hockey fan into this game, which was half of my box. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, they'll come back maybe. It's really hard to lie to yourself for other people's enjoyment. Yeah. They're like, are they going to come back? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably said it like that. It was very probably not convincing. <laughs> I did not have enough beer at this point. <laughs> Overall, like a real stinker of a game and... I did write this down. I'm feeling a little more uh, positive about this team currently after these last two wins, but I wrote down this team's getting knocked out in the first round, I guarantee it. And that's from seeing them not come back, you know, not push back at all. It's the, that's what yeah. it felt like. And, and as, I think that's a safe assumption. As I said on Twitter after uh, the Colorado win, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> it's just like it's great to see them have that big bounce back win and, and have a, probably one of their best wins of the season against Colorado. Mm-hmm. You just wish it didn't take getting exactly. embarrassed at home to like wake them up. And it's especially frustrating, and I will let you move on to Colorado. It's just especially frustrating after we just did this whole story mm-hmm. with Arizona like two weeks ago, and they did all the, well, you can't ever do that again. Oh, Go yeah. skate 70 laps. <laughs> and I'm not. The wild, the wild aren't Arizona. They're a much better team than Arizona. Mm-hmm. But they're not a Titan this year. We should be know? able to hang with them at yeah, very least. at the very <laughs> least on home, we should make it competitive, mm-hmm. you know, and... It just wasn't there at all this game, and I'm sick of seeing Blues teams where it's just not there. Mm. Well, I just sure. don't feel like, you know, the do the Blackhawks or Pittsburgh ever just not show up in a game? I mean, I know we... Recently. I only watch... Well, yeah, this year. But, but I, yeah. I know I only watch us play the Blackhawks, and we're rivals mm-hmm. anyway. But even the few times we've really blown them out, it's never felt like, oh, they just weren't there. You mm-hmm. know, it felt like we were just clicking on all cylinders. I don't know. It just seems like the hallmark of a really good team is the one that like just doesn't take nights off, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think we're quite there yet. But let's move on to happier <laughs> times, shall we? Mm, I was gonna say the only thing about this game, as we cover these next two, as we talk about this wild game, is just that it makes you worried even when you have two wins. These yeah. two wins, it makes me go. What could happen? I go. Next? Oh, I get it. So the Pittsburgh game on Sunday is gonna be a stinker, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then we'll talk about it. But. Anyways, yes, happier times. Uh, went to the Avs game on Thursday, not in box seats. My standard, normal, 309 uh, <laughs> row H seat, 17 and 18, I think. Come and find me. Don't? Do? I don't know. Whatever. Now you know where I live. Um, in the games that you get to go to. Yeah, yeah pick a I'm random game. Some random <laughs> it might person. be too Slovakian people. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> That's who I am, an old Slovakian couple. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh say boy. hello to them. Um, ah. <laughs> Blues, Blues versus Colorado Avalanche. This was a scary game before the puck drop because I did not think we were going to do well. I know the Avs were without Nathan McKinnon still. I'm pretty sure that's helpful <laughs> for the Blues. Very. But And the Avalanche had cooled off a little bit at this point from their, like, I think, 10-game winning streak. But mm-hmm. they're still more dangerous than they had been last year. But Braden Shen dropped the Mets against Gabriel Landeskog immediately, which sort of set the tone for the whole literally game. immediately. Yeah, literally <laughs> at the first puck drop. Uh, he lined up at right wing where Berglund was supposed to play. He told Berglund to uh, line up at center and take the draw. Uh, he said, Braden Shen said, I just told Bergie to take the opening draw. And Bergie said, well, what's the set play? And Shen 
replied, I said, there is no set play. <laughs> and I hope he just said it to him super stern, like, Bergie, just do what I say. I just want, I want it to be, like, a very, like, action movie moment. Yeah. There is no set, set play. play. And Bergie's like, the oh, my God. The music swells, the puck drops, yeah. and then they turn to each other and drop That's the in. key, Cap. I'm always angry. <laughs> exactly. And then Shen pummeled Landis Goggle. It was, it was relatively even. Shen got his jersey taken off, nice. which is normally, well, not normally a penalty. If you don't have it tied down, it's a penalty, but I guess you only have to have it tied down and back, oh, okay. which I guess it was, or according to Kelly Chase it was. But it was a very old school look. You just had the shoulder pads on. Nice. Pretty hunky looking guy. <laughs> the fans loved it. Uh, Brain Shen said that he talked to uh, Fox Sports Midwest analyst Darren Pang, <laughs> in case you didn't know who that was. And warm ups. I'm sure he personally said all those <laughs> words and not just Panger. Panger. He said he talked to Panger in warm ups uh, to get his opinion if he should fight. And Shen said that Panger told him, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's good that that much thought went into it, you know. I just wanted to say about this. I saw him say. I saw him say some other quote about. It. Just felt like I wanted to set the tone for the team, and I'm. I'm very glad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm super glad he did this. Wonderful. On the other hand, why again is there no one who wants to set the tone for the team when it's three to one and we're going <laughs> into the second period with a new goalie? Can't we set a the tone, tone then? Can't somebody have a set play then? You know, <laughs> I know that's what bugged me. Oh, you're going back to it. The wild game is like it never got any more physical and chippy. Yeah, exactly. Like at all. I remember old time games. Do that at all yeah. this year. That's know? the only fun of being down five zero. Is like. like David Backus is going to go run over Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> this should be fun. <laughs> that time George Paris like, flicked Barrett Jackman's chin because yeah. we were up, like, four to nothing on the Ducks at, like, the first intermission. Yeah, like, that I remember fun. that very vividly for some reason because I also know it was, like, an afternoon weekday game. <laughs> One of those, like, MLK Day. Yeah, yeah. Or Columbus Day or something, yeah. Yeah. Those... Which is weirdly still a holiday in the <laughs> NHL and nowhere there else. else. They're a very old-timey <laughs> league. Braden Shen was kind of the... A, a lot more popular in Canada. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know. Uh, Braden Shen was kind of the star of this game. Uh, the Blues got a power play goal in the first period, uh, 8.41 into it. It was Shen's 22nd goal, assisted by Schwartz. Also his 22nd assist by Schwartz, and Dunn's 8th assist, which will be his first assist of three on the night. Uh, Schwartz and Dunn. Griffin, Vince, Dunn. <laughs> Schwartz uh, blasted a one-timer from the top of the right circle, and Shen collected the rebound off of Bernier's pads and put in the puck. Uh, with eight minutes left in the first period, we talked about Edmondson blocked a shot from uh, former Blue Nail Yakupov. Uh, it was noticeable that he was in discomfort. I didn't really get an idea of where he was hit at the time. I mean, Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of grabbing his side, so I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. As we mentioned, it was a compound fracture, which means bone was piercing his epidermis, which is his skin, which is disgusting. Thank you for trying to phrase that simultaneously as medically as possible and yet still as gross I went to the doctor today, and I picked up on a lot of terms, and that was the only one that stuck. Uh, End of the first period, Blues are up 1-0. That it's a oh, positive, yeah. yeah. One nothing, hooray! That's pretty much its own win. That's a third <laughs> of a win. We're almost there, folks. Uh, second period, with only only uh, two minutes fifty seconds in, 
Uh, Vladimir Saboka. Who? Dropped a puck. Pretty much just dropped a puck to nobody. Kind of double clutched himself. <laughs> right in front of Hutton, Gabriel Landeskog, or Gabriel, sorry, Gabriel Bork. They got many Gabriels over there. Uh, picked up the puck and put one past Hutton to make it 1-1 for the Avs. And that looked pretty sour. I was already like, oh, I get it. The game's over. <laughs> it's tied and the game is over. Oh, well. We had a fun, we had a fun like run. bad Saboke. <laughs> It was. I can't wait for us to trade him to the Penguins and watch him friggin' skyrocket. Oh yeah, him and uh, Malkin will just. Oh mm, uh, yeah. Lightning in a bottle. <laughs> He'll be Laterra to Malkin's Tarasenko. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, this was not the case. This was not game over. Surprisingly enough, a one-one tie. Over. Uh, the Blues scored a goal. Had one scored by uh, Ivan Barbashev, his third of the season. Like we talked about last podcast. A surprisingly low number. It felt like he had more. Maybe he'll be getting more. He got one tonight, or this last night, 4-17 into the second period, assisted by Pareko and Upshaw. Barbashev uh, lobbed a puck towards Bernier from the far left portion of the left circle, sort of along the boards, and the puck found the smallest of holes right above Bernier's shoulder and right underneath the bar. That puck had eyes. That was exactly the kind of one you wanted, sort of right after we had got it all tied up by the Avs. It was nice to see Barbashev score. He had a very nice uh, celebration, maybe because he was on the ice with Scotty Upshaw. Maybe it's something <laughs> that rubs one. off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was, yeah, 4.17 in the second. Then with less than a minute to uh, after that, Braden Shen scored his second of the night at 5.05 into the second, assisted by Berglund. This one was uh, a nice little play. Schwartz managed to shovel the puck from inside the blue line towards the center of the av zone. Uh, they almost recovered it, the Avs did, but uh, Berglund got a hold of it and does a 180-degree spin to get the puck on net, and Shen gets the rebound and backhands it past Bernier's left. That was a nice one. It was really nice. It was a nice keep-in. It was kind of a reverse, the flow or the flow of the play. The Avs were already kind of exiting their zone, and we managed to kind of push it right yeah. back in. Shen played an out-of-his-mind game mm-hmm. all night, which you already mentioned, but I wonder if maybe, like, Maybe that this is maybe the bright side of two wins, but maybe he's got a little bit of that leadership in him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't feel like strapping a on him. He doesn't feel like he's got the place yet in the locker room because he's still mm-hmm. like the new guy, yeah. so to speak. You know, that that's the bright side in me, which <laughs> folks you won't see very often. <laughs> that's the It'll only go away until twenty twenty or so. <laughs> yeah, cherish that nice comment from Steve about a player. Um, it was a really good play. This was 3-1 Blues at this point in the second that chased Bernier and put in Simeon Barlamov, who I don't have... For a ha- second, I really thought there was a player named Chase Bernier. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> um, Barlamov, I swear, has a good record against us. Like, even if it's losses, it's like really high save percentages. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe because we just pummeled the crap out of him. I don't know. But... Uh, I want to say I looked up one time and he was like a blues killer. So part of me was like, uh-oh, 3-1 is not a high enough lead for this team. And I do not want to see this guy in. Uh, As not, you could tell, we were very positive. About yeah, this we, were, we were very sure-footed and we knew for sure they were going to win. And we should have because after they put in Varlamov, Brodziak scored a goal as 8th of the season at 7.38 of the second, assisted by Steen and Dunn, Dunn second on the night. Uh, Brodziak sort of bounced a backhanded pass off the left boards to a streaking Steen, 
who speeded by him, and Steen attempted to then pass to Barbashev on the other side of the ice. Somehow it got deflected to the middle of the Av zone, where Brodziak was now located, and he just snapped a quick wrister over uh, Varlamov's shoulder. This was a fun little play just because Brodziak had his back to the play and bounced the puck off the boards around his defender to Steen behind him. And I'm glad they scored on this because it's one of those like pretty plays where, like, ooh, I hope this is a goal because this would be a nice little highlight reel. It's kind of a little too close to the boards for, I think, the uh, camera to pick up mm. when I looked at the replay, which is too bad. But it was really nice. Like, wow, I didn't think he had the hands for that. Yeah. Stone Man Bronziak. <laughs> and then the Blues got another goal in the second period. It was nuts. <laughs> uh, Petrang- so many goals. <laughs> yeah, you, who would have thought? Petrangelo's ninth of the season, 15-01, assisted by Dunn, his third of the game. That made 10 on the season, which is kind of crazy because he kind of started out a little slow. Mm-hmm. And Stasny's 26th. Uh, Stasny passed the puck from behind the net over to Dunn at the point. point or, uh, Dunn then passed it to Petrangelo at the top of the circle, who fired a one-timer, which was like a laser of a shot. I didn't think Petrangelo could fire it that fast. And it was so nice to see him get this goal because on a play just like maybe 10 seconds before that, he had a kind of wide-open shot to take. I don't think he really had a screen, but it was just him and the goalie. And he sort of double-clutched and was looking for someone to make a screen or was thinking about shooting, and the crowd was just like a collective moan, like, oh, come on, man. (laughs) I will say sometimes I like Petrangelo, but sometimes it's just looking for the perfect shot. I don't know if he's looking for a slap pass, if it's rubbed off from Bo Meester at all. He dusts it off a bit. Yeah, exactly. So I think his, his sort of whiff on that first one actually generated the puck to go back behind the net and back around him again, so... Credit to him to be able to score again when it came back to him. That was the end of the second period. Blues were up uh, 5-1 at this point. Third period was pretty much just the Stasny goal. His 12th of the season at six uh, yeah, uh, six minutes in, assisted by Bomeister and Gunnarsson. This was sort of a dirty goal. It was kind of in front after a Bomeister shot, and Stasny was able to sort of touch it in. Even Tarasenko, who had a bunch of chances this game, you could tell wanted one so bad that I think he was diving over Varlamov <laughs> to kind of just get a just get a stick on it. I'm sure he was just trying to get it in for, for the team, but it did seem like after all his desperate attempts at scoring a goal that night, I was like, please, I just need this one. Yeah. Um, that was the end of the game, more or less. 6-1 Blues victory. Avalanche never looked too threatening. We got a few soft calls on mm-hmm. us, I thought, that looked a little weak. Um, Chen, you know, what else can you say about the guy? Had a great game. Every time I see him play well, I'm like, what a tra-. I just think of the trade, and I'm like, that's a bonkers good trade. I can't believe it even happened. Yeah. I really did not think Braden Shen was going to be. Was this kind of player? I was going to be, maybe not happy, but like fine with if he was like half of this. Mm-hmm. With how much Flyers fans are saying, we play him at right wing. He's not been the best center. And granted, his face-off number is not great or whatever. Maybe not like the best playmaker, I guess. But he is what he needs to be for that line. Yeah. And I really thought he was just going to be, I don't know. I don't know what a I thought body. he was going to be. Like a, a much, don't get me wrong, a much better Latera. But like, yeah, like a Berglund, I guess. Like a like, Berglund yeah. with hands, I guess. Because they said of how much more of a score he is and a passer. And yeah. I was like, eh, we'll see how he works out. And 
yeah, the guy's blown my socks off, like, at the very least. And the thing that's exciting about that, when you really think about Braden Shen, is he was a very high draft pick. I think he was fifth overall or yeah. something. Like, uh, let me 2009 look. Yeah, or something. overall in 2009. And at 26, he's still really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering how long he's been in the league, he's one of those guys who's definitely, like, only entering his prime, probably. You that's know. crazy. And, and we so have him two more years on whatever's contract. two more years. Um, and then, you know, I think at 28 is a lot better time to sign mm-hmm. a four- or five-year extension. Yeah. And that's a long way down the road. But that's what you're like, willing to do when they're yeah, that age. For, yeah. for, you know, however much money. Um, but, yeah, definitely an incredible year for him yeah. so far. I think he'll, he'll blow um, – his career high in points, which is 59, I think he'll knock that What's out of the water. Now? I will look that up, because I would think look. he's most of the way to that by now. Look, do my work, <laughs> computer man. Uh, Hutton had a really good game, too. He didn't have to do that much. Blue's defense was mm-hmm. much better. Something I noticed between these two games, being at both of them, the uh, Blue's in the wild game, eventually... This team gets so frustrated that it's just stretch pass after stretch pass. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. It's, they're passing from behind the net to a guy at the opposing blue line, mm-hmm. and it's never going to work. And in the Avs game, it was they were playing so much closer together. It was like way smaller passes. It's just trying to work up the ice as like five guys, as they always say. Yeah. It was at least always another forward, like six feet or less away from another guy so mm-hmm. he could get the puck. It's... I feel like I'm turning to a coach now. It's puck support, Stephen. That's uh, <laughs> it's being there for the other guy. It's about winning board battles. You got you said five guys. I got kicked out of a five what? guys this week. Did I tell you that story? Yeah. I told you that story. Five for fighting. There were two folks there, and they were like, "We can't serve you. Get out." And so I just left because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> so goodbye. There was no part of me that was like, "No, this is ridiculous." Nope, I just left. I said, "That's my bad and for left coming a in crappy here." Crappy. Yelp review. Passive aggression for the win. I'm sorry, that was not your point at all. Uh, Following up, though, Braden Shen has 53 (laughs) points this season. That is too shy of his total for last year, and six shy of his career high of 59, barring uh, unforeseen tragedies. I think he will easily eclipse (laughs) both. And I have to imagine if you're a Philadelphia fan right now, Thankfully, you have much better, bigger and better things to focus on mm. for the moment, but boy, you can't be feeling <laughs> great about that trade. I saw a tweet earlier. You get where... to watch Yori Latina yeah. slap pucks around. I saw a tweet that was said something about the Philadelphia Eagles deserve that Super Bowl. Oh, we Bowl. getting that. Oh, we, we got that, that on there? That's our tweet right, of I the won't, week, I won't jump too far ahead, <laughs> even though we've essentially just spelled it out, yeah. but... Um, yeah, great game, a great response game. Like you said, you'd rather this just be any other game rather than them having to <laughs> yeah. have having to do this yeah. because of their crappy game before um having said that it's good that they did it i was telling my dad when it was up when the blues were up 3-1 or 4-1 and it was kind of still less than halfway through the game and he was like i don't know i'm his child so he obviously <laughs> we we have the same genetics that he, being yeah works? <laughs> i'll explain science some other time to everyone um he was saying, like, man, this is too early for us to be leading. This team could blow it still. <laughs> and I was telling him, look, if they blow it, it's still going to be fun because <laughs> I, I can't like even imagine what they'll say. 
Like, oh, it starts with me. Yeah, of course. Like, if you're like, <laughs> it starts with everyone. If you're Jeremy Rutherford and you're talking to Alex Petrangelo and he's like, well, we got to look in the mirror. I just, do you not just make the audible sound of like, oh. <laughs> like, come on, Alex. Uh, give me something. Can you at least look at me in the face and be like, you know who it is? It's Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> Get him off this team. Tired. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of his year and a half here. Oh, God. Couldn't you just give me some oh. juice, Petro, please? <laughs> well, I didn't think they were going to be able to sustain this sort of high going into Winnipeg tonight. I certainly did not. I don't know. think anyone did. Uh, boy, it's a late night, folks, and we're having fun. I hope you are, too. Uh, yeah, so I think we went uh, into this Winnipeg game. Honestly, I'll just lay our cards on the table. Both you and I were saying, if this is just a competitive loss, oh, yeah. it's fine. Like, if it's 3-2, 4-2 on an empty netter, and we just look okay, <laughs> it's like a weird, I'll take it, whatever, <laughs> after this week, why not? But that's not what happened, folks. Uh, the first period saw the Blues get nine shots on goal. Uh, none of them seemed like potent opportunities. <laughs> uh, but they also only surrendered 11 attempts uh, to the very potent... Potent's my word now, apparently. Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> and Darren Pang, is a way that only Darren Pang could ever be, said uh, it's about as perfect a period as you could have against the league's best home team, uh, except we didn't score or build a lead of any kind. or Really momentum, <laughs> yeah. really. Um, but yeah, I mean, the it is true that the Winnipeg Jets are about the reddest hot home team. They've lost like four games now at mm-hmm. home or something. What, 23 and two or something. Yeah, they've, yeah. So they've lost now four regulation games. Take uh, that. Yeah. And it's, uh, this is a team also that swept us in six games last year. So not a team we necessarily match up against. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the idea that we could go in there and compete like Darren Pang said, good start. Mm-hmm. Not losing, great start. Do we know what the season series is for us against these guys? I do not. Like I... you said, last year they 0-5'd us through the whole season, which was bonkers. I want to say we're up on them like 2-1. to one. I will try and look that I've up. I've derailed you. Because I'm the stat monkey. When did we play the Jets last? Never. It never happened. Maybe not. They beat us 4 nothing on the 17th of December, because everyone beat us in December. But we beat them 2 nothing on the other side of that back-to-back. I remember oh, yeah. That uh, and we did not apparently play them in November. This is good listening, folks. Hooray, we're 2-1. <laughs> and in October, we also didn't play them. So, yes, we're 2-1 in the season series. Now we know. Spoiler alert, we also win this game. So... Um, <laughs> One thing that happened that I think set the course for the rest of this game in large measure is Vladimir Tarasenko broke a seven-game scoreless streak uh, on just the classic Vladimir Tarasenko goal. Um, Braden, okay, now I'm confused (laughs) because I said Shin got the assist, but then I wrote Steen, so one of those two players. uh, Four-checked, I think it is Steen. Four-checked really hard and picked uh, Morrissey's pocket, which is uh, Josh Morrissey, not the Smiths Morrissey, although that would have been fun, too. (laughs) Um, And he hit Tarasenko for a 
just one of Tarasenko's just wicked wrist shots mm-hmm. and just fire. I mean, when the dude's on, he's as lethal a shooter as anyone in the league. And uh, Hellebuck had no chance, and it went in the back of the net. And we're excited because we've been talking <laughs> about, you know, Tarasenko really needs to wake up. Mm-hmm. And you were even mentioning his chances in the uh, Minnesota game and the Colorado game and just, like, looking like maybe he was starting to find a stride yeah. and yo talking to him and stuff. So um, good moment for him, and it wouldn't be his last good moment of the game. Uh, we actually missed a goal because I'd flipped to the opening ceremony for a moment, I thought, during commercial, but by the time we were back, it was, it was so 2 quick. nothing. Uh, but I watched it back, uh, and halfway through the second period, Patrick Bergwin scored his eighth of the season, assisted by Bortuzzo and Schwartz, the classic connection, uh, <laughs> Schwartz to Bortuzzo to Bergwin. Uh, this was another really um, wonderful uh, <laughs> four-track play where I wrote Shin again, which I think is right this time. <laughs> he picked Tyler My- Myers' pocket behind the net again. It's almost like when you put pressure on the team in their own zone, good things can Ooh. happen. <laughs> he got it to Jaden Schwartz, who then fed Bortuzzo, who was pinching in hard, which is another hallmark of what we were doing really well in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bortuzzo took a shot, which Bergwin really nicely redirected high into the net, and it's another one where Hellebuck had no chance. Mm-hmm. Um Bergman's got good hands. You can look at these two goals as examples of goals that goalies can't do anything yeah. about. Um, if you ever want to contrast with, say, Jake Allen. Uh, but in any case, that was not, this is that was look. We're roasting this guy make so it up hard. For that, whoever I complimented earlier, Shen. You're right. Um, then goal number three <laughs> in a row uh, by Alexander Steen. Um, was his 12th of the season in his first in five games, Petrangelo's 28th assist. Uh, it was kind of just a strange play, uh, but Petrangelo had it in sort of against the boards, and he took sort of a weird, like, bouncing, dribbling shot, and uh, Tarasenko saw it, and it looked like he made a play on it, but he never actually touched it, so it got to Hellebuck's pad and bounced off to uh, St- Steen, who at that point had a wide-open net, and knocked it in. I think if you look at it carefully, it was a really nice kind of deceptive play by Tarasenko to not play the puck Mm -hmm. because it ended up going off Hellebuck's pad when he was maybe expecting a redirection or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Steen just, I mean, he had as empty a net as you can get with a goalie technically being there. Um, So this is another situation. We're up 3 nothing. You're thinking, all right, this is great, but it is the Winnipeg Jets. And they did the thing that you should always do if you want to slow down the St. Louis Blues, <laughs> and that is give us a penalty, give us a power play. We're guaranteed <laughs> to not score. Uh, they got a pen- They got a penalty on them, and we had two minutes of power play where we didn't score. Didn't look terrible, but didn't look yeah. threatening. Eh. Um, and that's one of those situations where you think, you know, this could be the story of this game because... We didn't bury our opportunity on the power play, and now they're going to have the momentum. And sure enough, uh, before the period could end, Kyle Connor scored his 18th goal of the season, which is weird because I don't know who Kyle Connor yeah. is. And 18 he was goals for this nobody? By, by Jack Roslovich, who we just found out through some interesting weird. Twitter uh, or Wikipedia free falling, was the <laughs> pick, technically 
that uh, was, would have been our pick in the 2013 draft. 15. 15 draft, uh, which we sent to the Savers in the Ryan Miller trade that they sent on to the Jets in some other trade. So they've daggered us. So, yeah. <laughs> so, long story short, Ryan Miller trade, terrible. <laughs> um, this is Roslovich's first first assist of the season, uh, and he has three goals as well, I believe. He stayed on the puck for a really good while, uh, showed some nice skill. Just add to the dagger. He finally dumped it to Connor. Connor took a shot, and that took a weird bounce that got over Allen's pad. I guess we should say Jake Allen started the second mm-hmm. game of the back-to-back. Um, looked good overall. This was not a, a great look for him, but it was just a weird enough play that I'm willing to like give him a pass because mm-hmm. it was kind of a weird, like it bounced It was a little bit of a lacrosse shot. And then like over, yeah, for sure. Um but you see that, and then early, well, not early in the second, but middle of the second period, or third period, Patrick Wine scores a goal. We gave them another power play opportunity. They have four overall, and their power play is lethal. When you give them mm-hmm. four chances, they're going to convert one. We couldn't keep affording to do that, and, and sure enough, Patrick Wine scored his 25th of the season. Off an assist by Kyle Connor, who has 17 of those, <laughs> so this guy who I don't know who he is, has 35 (laughs) points, apparently. What a great player. Blake Wheeler has 45 assists somehow. Um, Good lord. (laughs) Again, you just can't give these guys power play opportunities. Uh, Line A ultimately got it. It wasn't a particularly intricate setup. He just took a massive slap shot. He's got a laser. I don't think Alan ever saw it. I I don't know what he would have done if he did see it. Maybe have a hole he did in his see chest. it and just yeah. looked at it. Um, I honestly, if he saw it and just watched it go past and was like, "I ain't touching that," I couldn't even blame him. Um, <laughs> but so you see, it's three to two at this point, and you're just you're oh. thinking, we dig our heels in for ten minutes and pray to escape with a point. Mm-hmm. We just pray in at this point that they don't get two goals in regulation, <laughs> uh, but not. Even, well, just over a minute later, Vladimir Tarasenko, the hero of the <laughs> Near East, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> the hero of Russia, uh, scores his 23rd goal of the season off a assist from Jay Bomeister, his second what? consecutive in There's two the games. There's your connection, Jay Bomeister to Tarasenko. Uh, and he, uh, it was just an amazing answering goal. Ba- Bomeister banked it around from the, uh, around the back of the net from the very, very edge of the blue line. And uh, Vova just caught it at a weird angle and got it in at a really extreme angle. It was a dope play from Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko. <laughs> you got to look it up. Uh, it, was a re- it was a pretty nice play from Bomeister. Yeah. He couldn't have expected it to go quite where it went, no. I don't think. I think you're just kind of dumping it in a little uh, bit. But from that point on, we really, I mean, we didn't control the game, but we... It seemed pretty much out of hand for the Jets at that point. Mm -hmm. We really killed their momentum. It's nice. It's weird how when the other team scores goals, if you score goals, there can be like a whole back and forth, a -a tete-a-tete of sorts. Uh, (laughs) It was that sweet, sweet sound of that whole Jets arena just being so quiet after that Tarasenko (laughs) goal. It was very reminiscent of that Jets game we went to last year. Oh, yeah. Where we were quiet. They won in... Like right off the face off in overtime, and everyone just in unison basically silently stood up and turned to the exit. <laughs> um, 
the game finished with Jaden Schwartz scoring his 17th on an empty net. Just sort of out-muscled and out-hustled uh, Dustin Bufflin, which he you shouldn't can, be able to out-muscle Dustin yeah. Bufflin for sure. Uh, but he skated away to a totally empty net and very slowly kind of put it in. So uh, Jake Allen was back in, and he looked okay. He looked good enough, um, I'd say. I think he's looked, I mean, he looked fine in Boston. He looked good in Boston. He looked really yeah. good in Boston. Didn't look great in relief, but nobody was playing mm-hmm. in Winnipeg or, uh, in Minnesota, against Minnesota and looked good here. So it'll be interesting to see who we start when we play Sunday mm-hmm. against the Pittsburgh Penguins at 11 o'clock, folks. Set your alarms. Yeah, get, um, pour yourself a Bloody Mary. You're going to have to leave church early if you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, so that is that's an interesting decision. Honestly, my gut says they'll stick with. I feel Hutton like they'll go back because they don't seem all that inclined to rush Allen back in, which I guess is fine. If it's working, I but guess. I don't know. At some point, if he's your starter, like you keep saying, he should be your starter. Um, this is just a a, a huge win for the Blues. Mm-hmm. I think I don't want to oversell it because, like you said, we could just dump against the <laughs> Penguins and be right back where we were, but. This is one of the hottest teams in hockey. They're above us in the division. They owned us last year. And we go into their place on the second night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Down our one of our second-pairing defensemen, because Edmondson was out for this game because of the injury. Um, <laughs> it was the first game he missed. And Scheifele came back into the lineup yeah. for the Jets, which we didn't mention after his four-to-six-week sure. injury. Uh, and yet, despite all those factors, we beat them. And I think beat them fairly convincingly. Like, it could have gone the other way. It wasn't a blowout by mm-hmm. any means. But we handled our business. You know, 5-2 finish is a 5-2 finish. Um, we got 27 to 22 shots, so we were converting a lot. Uh, the face-off percentage was 57 to 43. It seems weird. For like, us? No, for them, actually. Oh, okay. It seems like we have a weirdly inverse relationship. <laughs> like, when we dominate face-offs, sometimes oh, we Oh, yeah, struggle. we still lose. And <laughs> when <laughs> like, we don't. Uh, but we were 0-2 on the power play, but we killed three of the Jets' four power play opportunities. I'd hit, say that's pretty good for their second-best power play. Yeah, hits were 18 to 17. Us, Jets were 17 to 12 on blocks, and there were 12 Blues giveaways to the Jets' 10. So... It's tough to oversell that loss, that win. It's tough to (laughs) oversell the loss in uh, Minnesota. But I just guess I'll ask this one final question before we discuss the final tweet of the week and go to bed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that is uh, the Blues are now 8-3 in their last 11. Weird. Does it feel (laughs) like No, no. That's basically the question. So they're 8-3 in their last 11. But the three includes this loss against Minnesota that we discussed and the lost against, loss against Arizona mm-hmm. uh, that was also embarrassing, as well as the goalie interference loss to oh, Boston. Oh, Boston, that's right. Um, and then on top of that, they lost three games in a row before uh, this 8-3 to streak, which culminated in the embarrassing loss to Florida before the bye week. So, does it feel like we've won eight of the last eleven? It does. It does not. <laughs> I. That's what I'm talking about. I feel better about this team, but I still worry, and I'm sure any fan worries about their team. But I'm just not quite confident yet. Mm-hmm. I think this. If we can transition all to this upcoming week, I think 
this is a big week for us again. This was already a big week that we just completed, and I'm glad they got through it with six out of eight points. But we play Pittsburgh, who surprisingly was not doing well to start the season, but actually looks a lot better now. I think they're in second in the Metro. On We play them on Sunday. Then on Tuesday we play, I think it's Nashville. And then on Friday we play Dallas, Yeah. who I think they won tonight if I looked. So they're still just two points behind mm-hmm. us, snipping at our heels. So I think if they can get four out of those six, if yeah. anything, actually, you can lose to Pittsburgh. I mean, I'd like you to beat Pittsburgh, but if you're going to lose to any of them, lose to Pittsburgh and make your statement games against Nashville and Dallas. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. If they can sort of get through that without any terrible <laughs> Minnesota, Florida-like losses, then I think my confidence is building. But I yeah. still, even then, I still can't say I'm fully sold. The team that we take into the playoffs will still be the team that lost to Arizona and Minnesota, mm-hmm. right, and to Florida. For so. some reason, those are just nails it's, in my I mean, head. It's just, it's often enough, it's significant enough that you can't write it off, you know? Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if the Pittsburgh Penguins want to avenge the rather embarrassing loss we hung on them in the opening game of the season oh, when wow. they were yeah. hanging their banner. Um, it'll be Ryan Reeves' return, which I'm sure they'll do Aww, a package yeah. for him, and that'll be fun. Um, hopefully he'll be back in a Blues uniform next, next year. year. I, would, I would still go back. all out for that. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I think you're spot on that it's just a big it's a big week. It's a big month, really. We have mm-hmm. those three games you mentioned, then San Jose, Winnipeg, and Oof. Nashville. Again? Yes. Wow. And that is that takes us up to the deadline. Ooh. So Ooh, baby. <laughs> you you know, if you I mean honestly, I don't think we will, but you could lose four of those or five of those. And I would want us to honestly be sellers at the deadline, or you could win five of them, and I'd be like, "Oh crap, we gotta buy now," yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Not that I mean, not that we'll necessarily wait till the day of to do whatever dealings we're gonna do, but it's a big week, and then we finish off the month with a back to back at Minnesota and Detroit. And for a second, I was like, "Where are the other three days in February?" But they're not there, folks. Um, and so, yeah, we've got a lot of conference games coming up, which is not a surprise um, this point in the season. But I just think it's time for the Blues to put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, not to end on a sour note, because it's tough to oversell <laughs> how big these two wins yeah. are, but there can't be another performance like Minnesota and Arizona. And if there is, I'm just out. It's just not there this year. <laughs> yeah. Fine, move on. You know. Yeah. And it's not like... There's such a difference between, like, the Boston loss, which mm-hmm. was a solid loss. That's what I was going to say. I mean, and and we said at the time, goaltender interference or not, we lose that game. Mm-hmm. But there's such a difference between that and what we did against Minnesota and Arizona. Yeah, there can't be another lack of effort and game. It's, it's not, you it know. It can't be. Yeah, exactly. It's And it's a difference between you're going to lose some to the Preds. You're going to lose some yeah, to the Yeah, happen. The Blackhawks. Just be there. Just show up yeah. for those losses. Play a hockey you know? game. I don't. There's, there's never going to be a loss like Minnesota where you're like, well, the other team was just so good. No, because there's not that much difference at the top of the NHL. Exactly. Either. So, um, hopefully, we'll be very happy when we discuss the uh, Penguins and uh, Predators game next week. 
but we won't know until they happen. Uh, and I don't think oh. they've started yet. Though. We've been say, here yeah. for quite a long time. As I say, we can't predict the future, except for the fact that I texted you, and you can put this oh, on yes. Twitter, yeah, yeah, I yeah. texted you about the uh, Wild game, and you asked how I felt about it. And as you can tell from listening to this podcast ever, we're big downers. <laughs> and so I said, eh. And this was after that Buffalo win, one nothing, didn't look over really great. You were going in the luxury box. Box seats. I said, I think we're going to lose this game 6-2. to two. And <laughs> lo and behold, we lost the game 6-2. to two. Tweet me if you want the lottery numbers. Over here, yeah. It was true. It was very like a kind of a, I feel a 6-2 drubbing coming on. And it happened. He, so, he touched into his auras. I'm rubbing my temples. <laughs> I'm thinking I'll give I'll I'll give you some predictions for uh, for these next two games. Oh boy, we're going real deep. Oh boy, um, this is late night fo- stuff, folks. You don't get this when we record. <laughs> we're gonna win against the Penguins. A snap. Four to two. Oh. You're a regular goal-scoring machine, this team. Four to two with an empty netter. And we get shut out by the Predators. Predators, I think, is going to be three-nothing. <laughs> you heard it fear first, folks. And if we if both of those things happen, you can just... You can catch me outside. I don't know I don't know what that means or what the that, kids are saying, say. but I've heard it before. Well, let's close with this, shall we? Tony Please. X, our beloved... St. Louis legend Tony X tweeted after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, which congratulations to them and just uh, thank just you, thank God, just thank God. The national nightmare is <laughs> over. <laughs> it was such a like unified hatred for the Patriots from everyone that's not a Patriots fan. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Tony X tweeted, It's only right the Eagles won the Super Bowl since their fans have to deal with Laterra every night. And boy, is he right. And Greg Wachinski, and this is this is how you know that you have made it on the NHL Twitter sphere, is when Greg Wachinski retweets you and knows who you are. Because he retweeted this and said, A reading from the prophet Tony X. So <laughs> tweets of the week to both of them. Your awards are in the mail. <laughs> we are so dead tired. It's not almost two in the morning, I can tell you that much. It's not that. It's not, certainly. Uh, and it won't be when we record next time. So until then, have a wonderful night or morning or whatever it is. And see you later. Bon voyage.